Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. What's going on, people? Doing a little bit of on-location um, conversation with uh, John from District 96. Potenza? Potenza. Oh, man, I get it right. When I get it right, I'm so yeah, happy. It's like the oh, tire. God. Yeah, nah, I'm winning already, just like, uh, <laughs> just like uh, we won't get into politics. So actually, we probably will because... You well, know, some of the district names. 96. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we're at. We're District 96 in the Burger Loft. I almost feel like they're kind of they are. together. They are. So uh, the Burger Loft was first uh, about five years ago. Uh, we opened that place up, um, and we wanted to do a craft beer burger joint. Everything was kind of homemade. Um, and nobody really did craft beer about five years ago in this town. So it was kind of hard uh, convincing the customers to try something new. But what we did was just let's just teach them. You know, but it wasn't a chicken or egg thing. The, the burger joint came first, yeah, and then the, the brewery kind of. And then came the brewery, out yeah. And then now, uh, talk about that. The, the the kind of build up to the the burger place. Did, did you have an idea of okay, this area is going to eventually be a brewery, or is it more kind of like just shh, the pieces fit and it kind of worked in uh, you know a perfect storm? Yeah, kind of I, just, I think the pieces just kind of fit. Um, always in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do something with it because um, I saw all how craft beer was selling next door. And the craze is really getting going, and it was exciting. This is what, uh, probably late 96? Yeah. I mean, um, no, I mean, when I started. The idea was yeah, way yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah way earlier. But then when we opened this five years ago. Oh, okay, the it was five years. Joint, okay. Yeah, the burger joint's been five years. And it was like educating people, and people just started really enjoying it. And it was fun because it was different flavors, uh, pairing with different food. And um, I, w- I was homebrewed all the time, so I was like, my dream was to always open up a brewery. And if everything fit the pieces, I would love to open one up. And the hardest part was to convince my partners because they thought I was crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> now, now uh, before before uh, we started talking, you said you had another restaurant down the street yeah. with your partners. Was that first, or is that been that was since? that was first? So okay. actually, we started. Oh my God, twenty years ago oh, in the pizzeria. Yeah. Okay. So uh, started twenty years ago. My parents lost their job, and they were arguing about money. And mm. I worked in a pizza place, and I decided not to go to college. And I told the guy, can I work seven days a week? And I just need a half a day on Thursday to go to the local bar, try to meet girls. And, yeah, he gave me, yeah. So I was making, like, $800 a week, giving my parents pretty much all of it. And I learned everything about the business, about the restaurant business. And from washing dishes to prepping, delivery, cooking, ordering, the guy gave me a key to the place. Well, and that's the thing. I, a lot of people, you know, we get people listen from all over. You know, you have to understand not to alienate people out there. There's a big difference between your hometown pizzeria and a New York pizzeria. Like yeah. If you want to crash course on, on every avenue of business ever, get yourself into a, a New York pizzeria. Because oh, yeah. It's insane. So you, you do that. You, you do the pizzeria thing. Now, does, did that kind of instill, like, the foodie love thing? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, you know, uh, so we just started doing that, and then we expanded the menu in the pizza place. We took over a store next to it, and it just started growing. And then that's kind of where we got our roots in. Um, where does the beer come in? 
A beer comes in around, I would say three, four years after that. Bought a homebrew kit. Um, Mr. Beer? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody starts yeah. with Mr. Mr. Beer. beer. Yeah. I actually got it. Uh, my parents wanted to get me something as a gift, and they saw that I like drinking beer a lot, and they figured that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So they got me Mr. Beer, and I just started <laughs> brewing. And uh, it was fun, you know, destroying my mom's kitchen, and she's like an old Italian lady, so, uh, you know. She would go nuts, but uh, and then once we started kind of dialing in a little bit and getting flavors and serving it at Thanksgiving dinner, and they kind of enjoyed it, and it was pretty cool. Now, uh, from the homebrew side of things, like, did you kind of gravitate towards a specific style, or were you just all about experimentation at that point? Um, experimentation, but in that year, I mean, like, Sierra Nevada, the pale ale was the big beer. Um, so I kind of like pale ales like that. Um, lagers were kind of something that... I was kind of looking into um, as a homebrew. It's a little harder. Yeah, of temperature control. Yeah, and stuff temperature. Like that. You know, put in my closet and you know, or, or somewhere. But yeah, mostly like kind of hoppy stuff, just because I enjoyed the hops. I thought um, that was the big one. Sierra Nevada was like my. And this is about when? Let's <clears throat> say two thousand, maybe two thousand one. Okay, right around then. And then from that period of time, like you're doing a pizzeria thing, and then what you, I, your partners, are they kind of just people you knew your whole life, friends, stuff like that? Uh, or, yeah. Or how'd you end up, how did you bridge the gap between there to the Mediterranean restaurant? So my partner's a Greek. Um, okay. His father's from Greece. They were born in Greece. Um, but they came over here when they were really young, so they had some, a lot of deep roots. Uh, and they always wanted to open a Mediterranean place. So we're like, let's do it. Place opened up down the road. And we said, let's roll the dice. So in 2002, we started that Mediterranean place. Um, we put a little uh, wood-burning pizza in there because we had the pizza background. And we took the idea of using fresh ingredients and making really good food at a good price. And then we decided to do the burger thing. A little mm-hmm. bit different than a yeah. Mediterranean place. Yeah. Why burgers? I mean, I, I know why because burgers are delicious. But, I mean, is there a reason <laughs> behind it? Or you um, just felt like there was like... There was no, uh, it was a missing component for the area or something like I that. I think it was a missing component, but if I show you the kitchen, you'll get it. It's yeah. six feet by eight feet. Um, <laughs> so we figured we'd get a flat grill in there, two fryers, a prep table, and then do all the fresh grind meat in the fridge and prep work in the fridge. We could probably pull off burgers. And, and, and from there, what was the, like, was there a singular, like, jumping off point for the brewery um so when, first time we ever had a bar was the burger joint was the burger loft so we had a bar in there and, and we saw how the craft beer was moving and i used to travel all over for craft beer and i was like it'll be great if people don't have to travel anymore yeah you know and i was like it'll be cool to have something in our town that people could come eat and drink and when i used to go to breweries the hardest thing was is they didn't most breweries don't have food yeah so if we could combine the two i thought it'd be a great fit we were talking uh it was a couple of weeks ago. We we're talking uh, Will from Equilibrium. I know you guys are like BFFs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 he was and he said exactly the same thing and brought you up and he's like, you know, I know I know John from just basically going and getting beer and hanging out and doing stuff like that. And yeah. it seems like both your place and their place kind of came from the same direction as far as like literally going out and loving beer and just not wanting to have to travel so far for or just bring that kind of thing to your community so yeah. you, you just you have the burger joint you decide to open this place did you own this do you own a whole building or not yet it, i mean that's the plan that's the plan to yeah. own it but you decided to be like okay let's just yeah. wedge a brewery in here yeah so this space opened up it was an old pool company he went out of business and i was like i told my partners i think we get a brewery and he was like you're crazy and then i showed him <laughs> the spot and i called suarez up 
and I got him on the phone, and uh, we talked for about an hour. And my partner's a big numbers guy, so when Dan was talking about numbers, I saw my partner's eyes light up, and I was like, this is going to be a go. <laughs> and uh, Dan said, you know, listen, you have a business already built in. If you can add a brewery to it, I mean, that's, that's gravy, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it, both sides of the spectrum, one feeds the other, and also if one's doing well and the other one's starting off, you yeah. don't have that pressure of getting stuff yeah. out and doing what you need to do. Yep, yep. Um, and speak to that, you said you talked to Dan up there at Suarez. What's the deal with the Hudson Valley? What's going on? Like, uh, yeah, I, is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it literally in the water, or is it more just a, <laughs> is it the New York state of mind? Is it, is, is it, because this is, we're up here in New City, which is basically, you know, essentially suburbia in New York City. So you have a lot of people that live in New York and come up here, and it's, you know, New York's New York. And if you've never been there and you'd be like, oh, it's just like any other city, you don't know what you're talking about. So yeah. The people that live there think differently, think big, just want to create and want to do things. It, it, do you th is that what's going on here? Like, what's the deal? Because from you to well, up the Hudson Valley Brewery to Suarez to everybody all around Equilibrium, it just seems like it's I'm, exploding. Yeah, I mean, my my take on it is I personally think it's cheap. Rent's cheap. I think up up in Middletown is probably cheaper than New York City, right? Um, oh, relatively. Right? It's all so relative, but... <laughs> I think that's a big part to do with it. Um, I think the water is something to do with it. I know we treat our water. Um yeah, I think it's just population. I think New York State is pretty uh, popular, and I think a lot of people from the city could kind of travel up this way, and we get a lot of people taking the train coming up. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's I don't you know I don't know why people just chose the Hudson Valley. I mean, I was kind of embedded here with the restaurants, so that was my. Did you grow up here? I grew up in California. I moved here when I was like fifteen. So okay. yeah, mostly here. Yeah. Yeah. 42 now so how did your parents end up here yeah, from my, California? Was, yeah my parents are like from the Bronx and my dad was in sales and okay yeah he went out to California in 75 and he was close to Vegas so he sold a lot of textiles to Vegas and gambled a lot and <laughs> <laughs> and then we just ended up back here yeah you guys like to gamble you like to gamble I, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm a risk taker I'm a risk yeah, taker yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong I think owning a business is taking a risk oh, yeah. and taking all everything you have and putting into it and it could work or it could not work because my vision is something maybe not somebody else's like I like doing something maybe someone else doesn't like doing something but when you see this place like full and people are enjoying the food and beers you're like alright cool people are getting kind of what, kind of what I like so yeah and then you um so you have the burger joint going. You got a, you got a nice. Uh, you, you have the restaurant down the street. So you obviously are tapped into the community here. People know who you are and what you're doing. You decide to open a brewery, but you're a home brewer. Mm -hmm. um, you decide not to do that jump where people are like, I'm going to start brewing on a scale. You decide to go out and get somebody who knows what they're yeah. doing, which is probably that's one of the keys to being a smart businessman is knowing what your limitations are <laughs> yeah, sure. and not saying you're not limited in a brewing capacity, but you decide to go out. Um, and who do you decide to uh, to pluck? So I actually, funny, we were. Just, I used to travel all over for breweries, and I was actually at uh, New England Beer Company, and sitting there drinking. And the guy next to me is talking how he's looking for to move and be a head brewer somewhere. And I happen to just tap him on his shoulder and say, "Hey, I'm opening up a brewery." And he looks at me, and goes, "Oh, well, where?" And I said, uh, "Rockland County." And he goes, "Well, I'm from Warwick, and I want to move back there." Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. So I say, listen, why don't you come down? Um, what do you brew? He goes, well, I'm the brewer here. I'm one of the brewers at there. And I said, uh, they know? And they said, yeah, they were all for it. So uh, we spoke to them, and he came the next day here. And it was still under construction. And he kind of saw the gist of what we wanted to do. 
And then I just throw them like the sales pitch. Like, listen, we want to brew every different style of beer. We just don't want to be known as a hoppy brewery. We mm-hmm. want to be known that we could pump out lagers, kolsches, brown ales, stouts, um, getting a sour um, game. So, and he was really interested in it. And it's a small system. So I told him, listen, we want you to be create everything. This is all on you. These are some profiles we want. But I know you come from a big brewery, and I love their beer, and I trust you. And let's do it. But you also want to... You want to have your own personality yeah. in there too. Yeah, and he totally understood. We talked beer for, I mean, hours and went to places just to talk and try beers and see what we liked and didn't like about him. And, you know, he was the same vision that we kind of wanted. And it was just like a match made in heaven. So at that point, you kind of think, okay, this is going to work. Because, you know, I mean, you have the spot, fate, you find a brewer when you're technically not really even looking yet. Um, and you share the same kind of ideal of what you want to do. Is there, was there like a, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, manifesto? Like, was there a line you want, you're like, this is what we want to do specifically, or you're like, everything's open. We could do anything we want, or were you like looking to produce a specific, not necessarily even beer, but just kind of environment or vibe or whatever? Yeah, so uh, we just took like the restaurant feel to it. So we told them, when we, when we cook, we like using really good ingredients. Um, I think that's the key of the sh- showcasing any food or beer, mm-hmm. or any um, agricultural, I guess, thing you could say. So we said, let's, I said, don't ever cheap out on anything. Buy the, whatever you think would be the best to make the beer the best. Um, yeast, hops, malts, anything, go for it. Um, so in that said, you know, um, we just kind of gave him the green light, and uh, we just started, like, homebrewing in the back parking lot. And, uh, yeah, so our vision was just to create really good, fresh, clean beer uh, that everybody could kind of, Anybody who could walk in this place, get a beer. So if my mother walked in and she wasn't a big beer person and she would say, oh, I like a Stella, I could kind of throw maybe a Kolsch or lager at her and she would be like, wow, I could drink this. So, and then the other thing is you get a big hoppy guy and you kind of throw him like a Moab and he would drink that. Or you get someone who just comes in and says, I don't know too much about beer, but I like like uh, Sam Adams and you would throw him maybe like a brown ale. And, you know, and that just kind of, everybody could kind of get a profile of something they like and they could drink it here. What, um... Brew's not open yet. You're open. You're home brewing in the back parking lot. Um, <laughs> was there any big, like, fucking bullshit you had to deal with on um, the way? Or nothing crazy other than money and space? Orange and Rockland kind of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Orange and Rockland kind of, we switched the building over the three-phase. And they kept, the head guy came down and said, all right, run the three-phase this way. We ran it. And then his boss came down and said, whoever told you this is a fucking asshole. Rerun it this way, and then his head boss came down and said, I don't know whoever told you this is the biggest fucking asshole. And I said, well, I'm just putting all this money into the fucking place, and I want to get my equipment up and running so I could see if it's ran the right way. Yeah. And so that took like two months. So we got the head guy came down, the whole staff. It was like a circus outside. And they're like, what do you want? We're like, we just want to open up. To turn you, this stuff on, Yeah, man. you just tell us what to do. We'll do it. We did three yeah. different ways. He's like, all right, so the first way you did it, do it that way. I'm like, are you fucking... We have to go back to the first way? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. The electrician was like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that, is that just small town stuff there? Because I, I, it's like New York's super brewery friendly. So yeah. it wasn't a matter of... The licensing was probably easy. It was a matter of the code. Code, yeah. Code. Yeah. So um, I think it was just a lot of miscommunication. Because, you know, their, his boss emailed me, do it this way. Their boss said this. So it was kind of... I just... I guess, you know, they just kind of messed up. Um, we were okay <laughs> with it. You know, we were just kind of pulling hairs. But... You know, we invited them all here the first day we opened, and we bought them all beer, and, you know, 
kind of just made amends with it, and they were they were cool about it, and they apologized. And, and beer beer heals the world. Man. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, makes everything. Listen, everyone makes mistakes. We get it. <laughs> so you, you have everything in place. You open a brewery. What happens next? How does it how does it take off? Does it go the way you expected? Does it get bigger? What and this is an open. You guys open what the July, end of sixteen? July fifth. July fifth of seventeen. Oh geez. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought it was a little earlier than yeah. that. And then, uh, so you're right in the middle of it, like yeah. as far as like everybody going batshit crazy for the Haysbro hop that yep. stuff, and that stuff you do. But like you said, you make other things. Is it? But at that point, Hudson Valley, while people were starting to travel out here, it wasn't like it is today. I guess it was. No, uh, it was. Yeah, I mean, um, like so we opened up and the locals were like, what is this? Like, I would show them around and show the equipment and they were like, what are you making there? What are, what are those big stainless steel tanks? I said, that's beer. They said, that's how you make beer? And it was cool because they were like, eyes were wide open and I would take them downstairs and pour something out of the tank and they thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Because I used to love going to places when they did that for me. I thought mm-hmm. it, was, it was great. So showing that experience uh, to someone new was, was pretty cool. And then once it just started hit, we made this beer called Moab and... Um, we really liked it, and we're like, maybe we should just kind of send it out to a couple markets. And I went down to the city and just kind of shared with a lot of bars, and people were like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a couple of kegs of those. <laughs> and then when that happened, my phone just started like kind of blowing up. Instagram kind of just started getting all these likes, and I was like, maybe we're onto something here. And um, that was really, I think, the turning point for the place. Um, within about, I think it was about three months in, we made that beer because we were just kind of doing pale ales, colches. We did an IPA. Um, we just weren't ready to brew a double IPA yet, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and that was the first one we did. So you send it out, you have a couple markets, get it, and then it it goes from you pushing stuff out to markets to try to get people in to where now people are coming to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of breweries immediately at that point start to kind of ramp things up, start doing can releases, start trying to do all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that's not in your future, I'm sure it is, but up to this point, you're pretty much just making your beer here, doing crawlers to go being happy where you are is that is that part of the plan or is it more you're just you're still so young you want to be able to walk before you run kind of thing yeah i mean we're super young we're still like kind of dialing in the beer i mean we're pretty much right where we want it but we just make sure that's key good enough where we want it and we could say okay we could start canning now and we could really start sending out in distro because we self-distribute to a couple accounts uh yeah new york city beer week we send a ton down there but yeah i think the plan is to get a couple more 15 barrels add a canning line, um, and then start canning. I'd like to be canning by, like, maybe July, August this year. What's, what's your capacity? Here We're now? seven barrel now with one 15 barrel. So okay. if I got another 15 barrel, that would be four cans. So I would just double batch it and can the whole thing out. And then uh, as far as the brewing goes, is it uh, your head brewer, he's just, like, beginning to end uh, recipe uh, yeah. uh, development? Is there anybody else having it, their fingers in it? or All him. We have a system brewer uh, that we brought on because – Obviously, we were getting busier, and mm-hmm. he needed help down there. But it's all Chase. He runs the whole beginning to end. So, District 96. That's, you know, obviously, it's, it, it's, it's a political thing. It's a voting thing. Mm-hmm. It's an area thing. It, how Did you have any other names? Uh, uh, or did you settle on that one? Or uh, no, do you yeah. have, like, a really horrible one you almost chose? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we had, like, Riverfoot. <laughs> um, that we were like, what are we doing? Um <laughs> We just need direction, uh, very structured. So we figured we wanted um, to represent our area. You could do a zip code, you could do area code. So 
we were actually talking to our congressman sitting in his office, and I'm looking on this map, and it says District 96, and it has our little Nanuet, Bardonia, you know, orange uh, new city there. And I said, that's a pretty cool name. So we went back, and uh, I said, why don't we do a District 96 name? My partner was like, awesome. He's into politics, and he's like, oh, I could come up with all these fun beer names. And we're like, all right. So we sat down, and we just started reading all these funny names that we could use, like sexual relations. Like, I was like, oh, my God. That, that's, you know? <laughs> Moab, I was actually eating lunch when Trump dropped the bomb. They're like, Trump just dropped this bomb, mother of all bombs. I was like, it's a fucking great <laughs> beer name. So It's like the Saturday Night Live of bars. You're yeah. just like, yeah, just let the him come up with <laughs> yeah, it. That's what really... But, but, I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, you know, old school, your dad said it, your grandpa said uh-huh. it, is, you know, uh, what is it, uh, no politics, no religion in yep. a bar, like, and then you decide to name a brewery that, and then you decided to name a bunch of the beers after those mm-hmm. things, like, two things, one, like, how, like, have you ever decided, oh, maybe we made a mistake with that, or two, has it ever caused any kind of static in here, where people are, like, like someone's like making fun of that person because of the name where the other person's like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we do poke side, poke fun on both sides. Yeah. You know, we, we're not saying who we are, what we vote for. But when um, one side's so easy to poke fun at, it yes. gets a little bit one side. Yes. And we don't, we try to, you know, and I come up with that one side cause it's so easy right now yeah. and I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. So I try to balance that out. But I mean, I mean, you turn on the news and I could have 10 beer names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there in the beginning when like we opened, like, the election just was going down and when we came up this idea was before all this madness in, in politics and we were first like maybe we shouldn't do it because it's crazy right now you know we were thought we were going to open up and people would be protesting outside like you know who are you trump or yeah. hillary and we were yeah. like oh shit you know but we said let, you know let's do it let's make a fun thing because beer is supposed to be fun um yeah we didn't really have too much blowback. Maybe one or two people didn't get the humor, mm-hmm. and you know I'm okay with that. You know it is their. Uh, it's almost like uh, a filter. You wouldn't want that person in your bar anyway. If they if they're that kind of, you know what yeah. I mean, strict with their mentality and, yeah. and very and like whatever. You just, nah, we don't really want. You don't want to say that. But no, but really I think I did anyway. say. You know, I had a couple beers. I mean, it's your American right not to come here and drink yeah. and eat, and you know the door's right there. If you feel right that you don't want to be here. So uh, yeah, I mean. It is a little edgy, and I like being edgy, um, but I'm not trying to piss anybody off. Uh, maybe a little, <laughs> yeah, but in a good way. Yeah, it's a good yeah, way. There's, yeah. a good, there's a good asshole yeah, and a bad asshole. Of course, um, of course. Do you ever get any kind of feedback ever from like Cuomo? Because I know he's a big beer guy, and he um, loves beer, and he kind of does that stuff. Like, with the whole political connection, I don't know. Not uh, yet. I know um, our senator always talks to him about it, and he's happy that we kind of named the area after a district. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is supposedly, our senator said he's supposed to come down and make an appearance. Yeah, so that was he, pretty cool. Like I didn't know that when I talked to the guys over at EQ. Yeah, they were like, he's like, he like goes to judges beer competitions yeah. and like all kinds of. He's apparently a huge big beer yeah. head. So yeah. I just figured with the connection and being so close to the city, you know, he might yeah. If he's been, listening, come on down. Come on down, man. Oh, he totally listens. <laughs> it's definitely. We get like nine million subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, my business uh, is gonna go huge after <laughs> this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna expand nine times. It's gonna be crazy. Um, Let's get actually back to the actual beer. Um, a lot of places open nowadays, and it is very kind of, you know, Haysboro centric or pastry stouty, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, depending mm-hmm. on where you are. But then you guys do decide to go the lager Kolsch brown ale re- route. I mean, you do make, you know, hazy stuff, the mother of all bombs, stuff like that. Where do you find the balance? One, I know where that comes from. You're a home brewer. That's mm-hmm. obvious. Do you know what I mean? When usually when you see a place making a bunch of beers like that, they yeah. home brewed for a while. 
but where do you find that balance? Like you said, you did Mother All Bombs and sent it out. Uh, it's it, it's a great beer. I've had it. I love it. It's delicious, but it also probably serves a purpose. It, it yeah. gets asses in the seats. Do you know what I mean? Come yeah. for the sizzles, stay, stay for the steak. Yeah, kind of, of course. You know what I mean? And uh, where do you find a balance between like making what you want to make as a but also kind of making stuff that people like? Um, so, I mean, the balance is if I can make three or four beers, or five beers that people come for, the hazy New England style or uh, beers, you know, I think I could have enough on the board that they would come and stay in the seats. And then the other maybe five to ten beers, I can make what we want to kind of make. And um, our big thing here is, like, just pushing our beer to people. Like, I have no problem giving free stuff away to people. You come in, they I don't know if I want to try here. Take a, a pint or try You don't want it? Try something else, you know? Um, obviously, the IPAs and double IPAs pay the rent. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd be honest, it's funny. One of our biggest sellers is our Kolsch because of the restaurant. So I do have an advantage um, that I guess maybe other places don't because I can make a Kolsch and sell seven barrels in you know, a week and a half um, because of the restaurant side. So do you do a lot of like thought processes as far as the burgers you make and the food you serve as far as the beers that you have? Like a, uh, not necessarily pairing, but also being like, okay, we're going to have this coming out of the fermenter. Uh, let's 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 do this because it's yeah. going to complement that. Yeah, well. definitely. Um, you know, our classic burger we try to pair with our Kolsch, definitely. Um, very light. Um, our bread's very bready, doughy, so it kind of pulls those flavors out. Um, but yeah, it's fun pairing certain foods like our our uh, coconut cake. Uh, we paired it. We had like a specialty burger on, and we just kind of paired that um, with that beer. And you know, some people loved it. Some people, you know, didn't, and they thought it didn't hit. And you know, some people yeah. thought it was, it was pretty interesting, but definitely pairing food with the beer is definitely something more we're going to explore and kind of build off. Cause we do have that kitchen that we could, uh, kind of pair stuff with. No. And that's, I mean, a lot, so many, um, breweries, especially like I know in my area of, well, Pennsylvania, I'll be a New Jersey resident next week, but, um, <laughs> man, I was born there back, back to the roots, baby. But, uh, but New York, I know it's a lot of a uh, food truck centric stuff. And while that's yeah. nice, you don't have that control out of the kitchen, you know? Yeah. How do you, do you have somebody over there creating the food for you, or is, do you have more of your fingers in that? That's just uh, my, my partner and I. Yeah, we just create all the food ourselves. Okay. Um, yeah, we just kind of self-taught. Um, YouTube, Internet, kind of taught how to do recipes. Um, after 20 years, you make a lot of mistakes, so you kind of figure out what works. Um, you know, we've made some bomb stuff that we thought was great. <laughs> then we're like, oh, shit, we got to get rid of this. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of hands-on. I mean, our menu is pretty small um, it's because of the size of the kitchen. And I think that's the way I like to run a restaurant is having maybe 10 great items than having, like, 30 average. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's You can get so lost in <clears throat> such a bunch of yeah. bullshit. Like, be good at what you do. And, and you yeah. know, simple is not a negative word. You know what I mean? I'm not saying mm-hmm. the food's simple, but it's like don't get too complicated yeah. and it's the same thing with beer so many people get so excited about throwing so many different things in beer and be like let's do this let's do yeah. that and it gets to the point where you're like you're not even having a beer anymore yeah. you just have uh-huh. all these different kind of things <laughs> happen and you don't there's no cohesiveness there's no thought process behind it a lot of people tend to do that with food they try to get a little bit too big for their britches mm-hmm. yeah like we grind our own meat every morning there um, we cut the fries outside, but we don't have a freezer. Literally our freezer is a Costco freezer that we keep ice cream in so everything's <laughs> made you know on the spot and that's like kind of how we started with our restaurants you know everything's kind of handmade you know my next adventure is trying to open up a little bakery so i could bake bread for all the spots 
So that'd be kind of cool little thing to try. But uh, yeah, and so we kind of put that effort towards our beer. You know, and Chase is totally aboard with that, and he, he's all about that. So. As a home brewer and him having full control, how how hard is it for you to let him do everything? I mean, I, I you know you trust him, but every now and then you probably want to stick your finger in uh, and poke yes, and stir the- <laughs> Sometimes, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always pick his brain, um, but I never want to step on his feet. You know, we yeah. just total respect, you know, what he does. I mean, I see what he's pumping out. Like the first beer I ever made, we were like, wow. This is the, on our system. We're like, and he was like, yeah, it could be, could be better. And we're like, this is fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we throw ideas. Like I would say from, you know, listen, maybe we should do like our coal for, for the summer. Maybe something with like a lemon or lime in it or honey. You know, we just did a cask like that. So he saw how that came out. Um, you know, I like coconut. So I think that's why he did that coconut beer. And I was like, listen, let's do some coconut stuff. So, you know, he does, you know, throw a little my way. I don't brew it, but it's, it's all recipes, <laughs> but you know. Uh, step back to when you're talking about, you know, the hoppier stuff kind of paying the bills and people coming in and, and being like, I like this kind of beer. I like that kind of beer. And you giving them beers. How it almost seems like beer's gotten different. It seems like people have gone from, OK, I like Bud. I like Miller. I like this. What can you get me into? Whereas with you guys doing the whole kind of, uh, you know, lager Kolsch kind of thing, it's, it almost seems like a reverse now to where, like, Budweiser is now a double hazy IPA, and you have to work them backwards yeah. into the lager, yeah. into the Kolsch. How is that, like, how do you guys approach that to be like, okay, we understand you like this two-by-four of the face of sweetness and hops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, dial, let's, let's walk this person back into beers that typically you're walking them forward from. How's that process work? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's very hard. Um, you know, we did like a West Coast IPA because we, we love that style. And a girl came in and was like, she took a sip and she's like, excuse me, you left out the juice. And we were like, excuse me? She's like, there's no juice in this. And we were like, oh, that's a West Coast. She's like, what does that mean? So, you know, the drinker now wants that juicy, hazy, you know, IPA or double IPA. So, and I was kind of sat down and explained to her, you know, when I started drinking beer, I started with like Belgian beers, Mm -hmm. you know, and then went into pale ales, IPA. So, you know, and cultures and you kind of have that uh, palate for all those different flavors. And and the new beer drinker that I see coming here starts with juicy IPA. So, Mm -hmm. and I gave her a whole flight. I said, listen, try everything and I'll tell you what's going on in all these. These are juicy. These aren't juicy. Maybe you'll find something that you like that's not. So she did enjoy the Kolsch. Um, but she happened to love the Moab and the Political Juice 2.0 because they're big, juicy, hazy IPAs. Um, but I think it's, I don't know if people's palates are, are going to get like saturated and they're going to want to kind of pull back a little bit sometimes if they're out drinking and maybe try something new, like a pale ale maybe. Or Do you see, like my, my whole theory behind the whole thing is that like I would say like like an insane amount of people like 80 90% of the people that are in the beer now just got in the beer over the past couple of years and when yeah. they just got in the beer in the past couple of years they start with sweet and bitter and that's your juicy kind of IPAs and mm-hmm. that's what they know and eventually they'll figure out to enjoy different things you know nuances and not to be like you know whatever not to poop on people too much but it it's they're going to evolve. Their palate's going to evolve. Man, I hate saying that shit. I feel like an asshole. <laughs> um, to the point where they enjoy the other things. Do you actually actively see that happening? Especially here because you have those other styles. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. You know, someone will be like, oh, you know, let me try this. And then I'll, I'll say, hey, how'd you like it? And they'll be like, you know, surprisingly, this is really good. You know, I never thought I would like that style of beer. And I was like, awesome. I'm like, that's, to me, that's like music to my ears. Yeah. Because that's someone trying something new and, and saying, thought they didn't like something and tried it and they loved it. 
Um, so, I mean, that's great. And I, I do think people will kind of rotate around and try every typical beer or beers because, listen, I could only go out and drink so many double IPAs, you know? I know. I, you know, I mean, I like to drink all the time. So, yeah. you know, I could drink, you know, 10 cultures and be like, all right, I feel pretty good. If I five double IPAs, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. Um, but maybe that's a draw that I try to tell people, you know, if you're starting early, like today's St. Patty's Day and the parade and, you know, have a couple cultures and then get into the double IPAs before you go home. Your parents dig beer? Uh, wine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting him on, on the beer train. Yeah. Um, my dad's not a drinker. He's no. probably been drunk 10 times his whole life. So when he bought me the beer kit, I was shocked. Um, my mom, yeah, she's so pretty... So you need to start doing like... Um, you know what I mean? Uh, some wine barrel aged uh, yeah. season and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Kind of oh, that yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, we're definitely getting into that, you know, especially the barrel aged stuff. Because um, we got a good, because um, I buy a lot of bourbon next door. It's a big bourbon bar next door. So I have a lot of in with a couple guys down in Kentucky, and I just have to go pick up the barrels. So yeah. that's something we want to get into. But yeah, my parents, uh, listen, anything I do, their parents, they're, they're, you know, it's the best beer we've ever had, or, yeah. you know, it's the best burger, or I, my mom always jokes around, this is the coldest ice I've ever had before. Thanks, Mom. I really appreciate that. You know, we really work on that. Uh, what about your partners? Uh, yeah, they're, they're big beer people. Um, my partner loves the Kolsch. Yeah. That's, yeah. So anytime he has a beer, he just has a Kolsch. He loves Kolsch. Um, my partner is super foodie, too. Loves food. So, um when we did the both, he just, he thought it was so interesting, the whole brewing process and like just blew his mind. Um, but yeah, he's, he's more of a Kolsch guy. Uh, my other partner, beer guy, uh, liquor. Um, I'm pretty much the beer, beer guy. Um, so kind of works out. What turns you on? What, what got you into beer and what turns you on? Like moving forward outside of your own beer? Like you said, Sierra Nevada, stuff like that. Yeah. Or was it, was it kind of, did you come up strictly in the homebrew nerd thing where you were like, you made your own beer all the time or was it more just kind of an even like going out and exploring? You said Belgian beers, you kind yeah. of got into stuff like that. Like yeah. how'd you get into it yourself? So um, I was up in Vermont years ago and uh, we stopped in this uh, Magic Hat mm -hmm. and we went there and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And we were trying, it was all samples only, you couldn't drink there. And once I tried that, I was kind of exploring and trying new beer, anything that, to get, you know, there's a beverage store across the street from my house. I would just walk over <laughs> and be like, hey, what's new? And what's, I want to try something like peppery. So he gave me like a left-hand blonde and, and then I tried um, Delirium Tremors and then it just kind of started from there. And then uh, Dogfish came out with their 60 and 60 it. minute and I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And then I tried to sell it in the restaurants and people were like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> you know, and I was like, trust me, just try it, you know, and uh, yeah, I just kind of fell into it. You know, the home brewing was just something that I was really active, and I was a hyper kid, and I like doing things, and that's something that kind of focused me and concentrated on something because I really had to watch temperatures and, you know, sort of zoom me in on something. Do you so, still homebrew? Uh, I have. I don't have the time, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to. Yeah, like I tell Chase, let's go in the parking lot. You know, when the weather gets nice, it's homebrewing. He's like, definitely. You know, he loves doing it too. He says something about homebrewing is just. Uh, a fun thing and it is it's it's i think everyone should try it if you love beer no it's a good time especially oh well, it can be a good time yeah you know what i mean <laughs> once you get to the point where like you get comfortable with the equipment you know what you're doing so there can be a bit of frustration a little bit of oh. a learning curve <laughs> but it's definitely i mean nothing good comes easy so i mean that in of itself is is its own reward but uh so you're doing here you're doing the cultures you're doing the lagers you're into the kind of hazy ipas brown stuff like that like what's 
what's in the near future? What do you get? Are you working for working towards just tightening everything up, or are you starting to be like, okay, let's start drips and drabs in different directions as I far think, as beer? Yeah, goes. definitely some sours. Um, we've been talking about. Um, Got to get some equipment for that. Um, canning, uh, some barrel aged stuff. Definitely in the future. Like sours, like like brew here and then maybe take it somewhere else and do some stuff with it. Rack yeah, it somewhere. Yeah, we could rack some because we don't have much space here. Um, you know, I could always call maybe Pete up at EQ and ask him for a favor, um, <laughs> or maybe John Anthony at Hudson Valley. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, something like that. We're definitely we're always looking to improve and something new and fresh because obviously you know everyone likes something new and fresh. Um, so, you know, I think this first year is a good learning experience and kind of tightening everything up, as you said. And then um, year two is going to be a bunch of new stuff coming out. Hoppy stuff, barrel-aged stuff, cans. So it's pretty exciting. Do you have any kind of idea or, or theory on where beer is going to head uh, moving forward? Or is it more just keep your head down and make good beer? Um, or a bit of both? I think a bit of both. I think um, if you're in the business, you always kind of forecast of what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I see, I know obviously the New England styles are huge, but I think things kind of circle around in life. Um, I think things may go back to maybe West Coast, just people maybe want to try new styles of, instead of getting out of the New England style, I want to maybe try something new. Um, hopefully the Kolsch, I think, will always be around. I think that's just a staple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think th- there will be something new that's coming out that I've hopefully, you know, I haven't seen coming, maybe, you know, and that would be the new trend. Um, I always try to think of something here that we could kind of start maybe a trend. Um, but I think it, I think it, I think things circle around a lot. I don't think the juicy hazy will ever go away. I know people talk about that. Yeah. It's never going away. I yeah, don't think so. A, it's not a fad. It's, it's a not, trend. It's a trend. It, it'll, 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 it'll stick yeah, around. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's unique because so many people put so many eggs in that basket where, I mean, you guys mm-hmm. are doing so many different things. So if that tone changes, yeah. you guys are going to be like, okay, sure, we, yeah. are, we already have that stuff. But you have so many breweries that are just like, we make this and mm-hmm. we make this in 18 <laughs> variations of those two things. And yep. that's all we do to where it's like almost like if stuff does change or retract or change in some form or fashion, you know, at places like this that are, you know, you're not going to suffer long you know, maybe one series, you know, oh, just switch that up. Let's make something. This is getting more popular. Let's yeah. make it work. Yeah. Other people are like, okay, now we need to figure out how to make it cold. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it's it's going to be a steep learning curve for a lot of different people. Sure. Because eventually those 80, 90% of people, they're going to evolve into something different. And, well, like the big juicy stuff, which is fucking delicious. That's yeah. the thing. When you talk kind of like this, some people are like, <laughs> oh, they hate that stuff. No, like it's no. delicious. But, you know, I don't want to eat steak every single day right. of my life. Right. You know what I mean? Variety. Um, be able to change stuff. So. You said you had the St. Patrick's Day kind of bonanza going on here today in New City. What's New mm-hmm. City like as a place in general to just to be like grow, being here? Like, is um, it- it, the, the greatest thing about living in New City is you're 20 minutes from New York City. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and the uh, train comes right here. Uh, train one, yeah. There's Pearl River. As the train takes down, I mean, you could drive right in the Palisades and the nice scenic route, and then jump on the GW and we're right in the city. Um, living in New City was it was good. I mean, listen, everybody that you're from hometown, you always want to get out of it. Um, I actually enjoyed it because I could go an hour upstate and ski. I could go to New York City and eat any food, drink anything, any day of the week. Um, the town itself is, um, I guess, there's not a lot that goes on in New City. So my idea of when we open this place up is if we can make New City like a destination. Mm-hmm. It'd be really, really cool that people kind of come out of the way and come here. Um, and I try to make, obviously, I mean, the tap room really, like, bright and airy and cheerful and kind of make people stay. And 
you know, we have a beer garden in the back. Um, but yeah, New City needs, you know, it's, we thought it needed this. So you leave New City mm-hmm. and you want to go get some beer. Who, who turns you on right now? Like, who are the people that you go? If you're going to go out and go drink somebody else. I mean, I used, to go to, I used to go to Middletown, this place called uh, Equilibrium. Yeah. Those guys. Um, actually, Suarez, I like going up there. I love his vibe up there. I love just the whole country. Um, I love his beers because uh, I could have a few of them in the drive home. Um, uh, Brick City is another one down in Jersey. Yeah, you guys just did a collab yeah. with them uh, yeah. this past weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we did a collab with them. Those guys are really great dudes. I think they're pumping out some really good stuff. Um, Obviously, Hudson Valley for Sours. Um, is there anybody in? Is there anybody kind of around here? You're like, man, I don't understand why people just aren't like digging them, visiting. Yeah, um, they're not just digging them. Just don't, don't haven't found yeah. them yet, or yeah. just don't understand. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean, industrial cranks up there. I mean, Jeff puts out. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's our neighbor to the north. Um, I'm trying to think, anybody? No, I think everyone's pretty. I mean, like when I went to Brick City and brewed there, and they. They told us like how many cases they make, and some days they sell out in one day, some things they don't. I was like, you don't sell out in a day? Are you kidding me? You know, yeah. like to me, I was kind of shocked by that. Um, so, and their stuff's just awesome right now. Um, who else? I don't think so. I think everyone's pretty. This area is so flush with beer beer lovers mm-hmm. and good breweries that it almost seems like yeah. you know as long as you're making good fluid, then you're gonna. It might take a minute, but you're eventually gonna see on. some kind of growth or whatever. Are you at where you thought you would be, or beyond where you thought you would be? I think we're beyond a little bit. Yeah, yeah. definitely beyond. Um, especially adding some new barrels. I mean, I get a lot of people inquiring about bringing the beer into the city and stuff, and it's flattering because I never thought it'd be like that. Do you do keg, a lot of keg distro? Or? I don't. I just do. Listen, there's like a few accounts in the city that I've always sent to. A couple places in Westchester, um, upstate. There's a couple places. Um, anyone who I tell people, listen, I have a small system, so I don't have a lot of beer. If you catch me at the right time, I could get you beer. Yeah. You know, it's all just timing. You know, a, a huge Rochester, like those people come down. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, and they they love it. So they give me like a two week notice, and I always tell them I'm always kegging on Friday. So if you come in on a Friday, give me. A day's notice, I could put beer aside for you. But, yeah, and I just tell them, listen, it's a small seven-barrel system. I only get, like, you yeah. know, 10 to 12 kegs out of here. So I'm not, Good problems. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a good problem. And I'm not trying to, you know, tell I Listen, when I bought beer from next door, I understand the whole, you know, mm-hmm. the game behind it. So, and I try to make everyone happy, and it's, it's hard, too. But that's why I try to keep a couple accounts that I always give the beer. And then as we grow, you know, I would like to expand and distro, so but it is fun keeping a small system. I'll be honest with you. It's it's the beer is always fresh. Like we sell out, like our Moab. We'll we'll keg it on a Friday. Within maybe ten days, those ten twelve kegs are gone. You know, so you're always drinking fresh fresh beer. It's it's funny because that beer we kind of rush our beers out because we're busy. That beer should we always say should sit an extra week and then drink it. So when you get that day thirty, it's really prime time, and by then it's almost gone. So, I mean, those are, like, good problems. You, you only have two more years till the next election buzz starts happening. Once sure. that happens, then shit's about to get real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real and and uh, <laughs> you're going to have news crews outside being like, this bar is promoting this person and this, all that kind of stuff. So it'll get kind of hairy and hairy in a good way. Uh, so, yeah, dude, uh, tell people how to find you. Where, what do they do if they want to if they want to come here mm-hmm. physically or digitally? What do they do? So physically, we're pretty much any major interstate uh, throughway, Palisades, um, two eighty seven, um, seventeen. You come all the way down right into Rockland County. 
Um, usually the Palisades is the quickest way to get here. Uh, digitally, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, um, you can find us that way. Um, and then you just want to reach out to me. I answer pretty much everyone who contacts me on Facebook, Instagram. It may take a day or so, but um, yeah, I mean, come down. You can eat, drink, and just chill out with us. You know, I'll just give you a tour. Just ask for John. No, when I, I remember when I uh, first started talking to you, um, it was like, what, a couple of days went by. I'm like, oh, what's your name? You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I'm John, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah. it was like had, had conversations, and I was like, um, who am I talking to? Thank you very much. But um, no, dude, that was awesome. I appreciate you fucking sitting down, having a conversation with us. Uh, and just talk about good beer, because this is an interesting place. Like I said, like I had some of your beers um, via Crowler and stuff like that, whether it be line chairs or whatnot, and all of it's just, it's good beer in the fact, again, it's just me being kind of a little bit of a beer nerd. The Kolsche kind of lagery side of things kind of makes my nipples a little bit hard. So <laughs> when you kind of find somebody who's making a bit of everything, it, it, it's just kind of awesome. So, Keith, say just one word so people... Oh, but, Keith's here? Hey, Keith. Hi. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's all I wanted. I just wanted him to say one thing. Uh, and just <laughs> the, mic, the mic didn't go to waste. He was intimidating. I, I was like, yeah. he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I I don't know. He's make... my enforcer. Just up there and looks all I didn't want to make mugging. eye contact <laughs> yeah. over there. So Sorry my back was to you the whole time. So, yeah, uh, District 96, New City, uh, New York. Um, not in the city, uh, but a train ride away. Good stuff, good food, good beers. Like I said, the Hudson Valley thing is insane. I mean, you can you could start in the city or even North Jersey and work your way up and hit 19 different, uh, probably at this point, 19 different breweries, not even like <laughs> like figuratively, and just find good stuff. And it's I came up from just about Delaware Water Gap. It was just about an hour. So it's not a far ride from anywhere else. And they do crowlers to go. That's their big thing. But canning in the future and just good, good, tasty, honest beer. What more do you want? Cool. Yeah. There you go. I appreciate there it. There you go. Yeah, Hopefully man. you guys enjoyed the show. Um, smash that fucking whatever it is. Uh, subscribe, like button. <laughs> Get us so we it's can a, make. It's a hard on SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? It's a hard on SoundCloud. Heart? A hard. What's SoundCloud? Oh, that's what we host us on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's what we host us on. I'm just joking. But he's like, wait, what do you mean? You're on SoundCloud. Uh, but now iTunes drives that drives the drives the force, man. We got to get that got to get that money. Yeah, we make money doing this. Anyway, uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. It's not even a show a conversation. If you have any questions, reach out to John. If you have any questions for us, reach out to us. Otherwise, talk to you later. Cheers. Cool. Cheers, everyone.